Yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Baby. I took a half and she took the whole thing. Slow down. Baby. We took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town. Baby. Where did these niggas be at when they say they're doing all this and all that? Tired of beefing you bums, you can't even pay me enough to react. What's up, y'all? Brother Sold 9 here with it. You feel what I'm saying? We loving it so far. Season 2 coming to an end pretty soon. Just want to let y'all know that. You know, I got me a special guest in here with me today. You know, community organizer. Lead organizer. Oh, uh, community lead organizer. No, 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 community lead. Oh, lead organizer. Ah. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Lead organizer of the LA Black Worker Center. Uh, you know, co-creator of really good peoples mm-hmm. and, you know, big time masters in what is it, cultural studies? Yep. At Claremont Graduate Studies College. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> I knew Claremont Graduate University. Yeah, Claremont Graduate University, you know. All I know is CSUOB. That's exactly. all I know. So and also, last part, my brother and friend. Jeremiah Gordon. Oh, man, friend. Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you, nigga? Damn, who am I? Uh, just a squirrel trying to get a nut. That's it. A squirrel trying to get a nut? That, that, I'm just that, trying. I'm a, I'm a squirrel in your world trying to get a nut. That's it. Well, it's your world now. It's oh. my pod, but it's your world. Yeah, you feel yeah. what I'm saying? You know, I'm just, I'm just recording your world right now, man. <laughs> So man, let's get started real quick. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so you went from community college mm-hmm. to university. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? And at, at first, at being at the community college, did you want to go to university? No, I didn't want to go to university. Actually, coming out of high school, I had like a two point two GPA. I don't know how I did it, but every year I so happened to make grades to play baseball in high school. I was ditching all the time, running around, doing reckless shit on the east side. But I so happened to, you know, graduate high school through the, you know, the grace of God. And uh, as I graduated, I had no direction. Um, Pops was telling me to go be an electrician. And I heard electricians make over $100,000 a year. And I was like, if I'm 18 making that much money, the sky's the limit. Oh, yeah, you needed that. Yeah, exactly. So I went ahead and I signed up for a few classes, uh, mathematical classes, because you need to take a a math and science test to become an electrician. And um, I kind of fell off that because I was too busy doing bullshit, um, just being either lazy or just trying to make money somehow. So I decided not to, and then I made – a few baseball, uh, collegiate baseball teams, uh, community colleges. So I, a nigga was about to go to Sierra Coso College. I don't know if you remember that, but that was all the way out in Ridgecrest, California. Where the fuck is that? That's going towards Arizona. Oh, 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 oh. This shit is like three hours away, and it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, me, like Maxie wanted me to go with me, right? So Maxie's dad is driving us out there because me and him both have scholarships to go play, and I'm driving and I, like we're like I'm like what the fuck where the fuck are we going, nigga? Like it's the first time I saw shacks like actual shacks. I was finished. I'm like I'm not coming out here. Oh, it's like the houses shacks. I'm talking about like <laughs> you know like you see on like Disney movies like ten like houses and shit like and the fucking rain is falling down from the roof. Like that's what I saw. Wow. And I was like, nah, I'm not coming here. Yeah, fuck that. And Maxie was like, Maxie was just like, fuck it, nigga. If I can get away from home like, and I can focus on baseball, that's what I'm going to do. So I was like, nah, fuck that. So I was over going to that shit. So then I went to uh, Compton College. I signed up to go to Compton, but I was never going to go. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. So I went ahead, signed up, but I was never, my attention was, I'm not, I'm not going. I'm just going to find out what I want to do and go ahead. So my plan was to save enough bread to start my own record label. That was my plan. And I probably had, going into August of 2012, I probably had like $1,500 saved up. But that wasn't enough to start no label, you know? So one day, it was like August, it was August 26th, and Nana calls me, and Nana's my grandma. 
Nana calls me and goes, what are you doing? I was like, I'm in bed. And she goes, well, isn't today the first day of classes? I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, so when's your first class? And I was like, I, I didn't sign up for classes. And Nana was like, boy, what the fuck? So Nana, I didn't, she, she told me she was going to drive down from Inglewood to Long Beach. I didn't believe her because I'm like, it's Nana. Nana yeah. says a whole bunch of shit, and sometimes she just be falling, like not falling through with it. So I'm sitting there, and I think I was playing some type of video game, and Nana barges into the room. Boom. I'm like, oh, shit, this nigga really did show up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. And she has that scrawl on her face where it's just like, get the fuck dressed. Yeah. So I get dressed. We go down uh, to Compton. And I signed up for two classes, and then uh, from there, it was just like, I didn't even want to go to college then, to university. Nana just told me she was going to give me $20, like, a day or some shit like that to go to college for the first semester, see how I liked it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck it. So then I got my first B ever, like, first B in my whole life. So I was like, oh, okay, shit, a nigga got a B. So then I was I met this one old nigga, some blood nigga from Compton, and he was like, oh, like, I'm... Studying to be HVAC, which is HVAC is, you know, uh, heat ventilation and AC. Oh, okay. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I heard they made over $100,000 a year. And then dad was telling me to do it. Rob was telling me to do it. So I was like, fuck it. Who's Rob? <laughs> Who's Rob? <laughs> dad's brother-in-law. Okay, okay. So I did that shit. I took, I took a, a class for a week. That shit was hard as fuck. Had to study the whole shit. I'm like, I'm not putting this shit together. So I was over it. So then, you know... Through a whole bunch of different major changes or whatever, I finally figured out I wanted to do history, African history. And then nigga went to uh to UC Riverside after like three years. Did you have other uh offers from other schools? Like did you yeah. be accepted by any other schools? Yeah, only reason I went to Riverside was because of Thomas. That was the only reason I went. Um Thomas is who? That's uh like he's like our play brother, cousin. He's Glenn's uh, little brother. We've known him. I've known Thomas my whole life. Like ever since I can remember. Yeah, shouts out Thomas. Um, shouts out Glenn too. Yeah, he was playing baseball at Riverside. So it was I, okay. So I I had a scholarship, uh, not scholarship, but I had got into Berkeley. I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to Berkeley. Not only was it too far away, but I was just telling this shit to um to somebody the other day, like. Berkeley was so like it, it's not for no nigga that comes from the hood like yeah. it's not like you can't do it like transitioning from Compton to Berkeley like it's not anything that was feasible for me at the time like I'm walking around campus I don't see no niggas like no niggas and every like I saw two niggas and both of them were white girls and I was like no, I'm not doing this shit oh and then like I saw I heard this one girl uh, this black girl she was talking about how she came from she came from Compton and how like. She was eating bad her whole life and then, like, eating Tams and shit and then went to go eating organic strawberries. And now, as backward as it sounds right now, I was not fucking with that. I'm like, man, fuck. <laughs> like, you feel like you feel like you're too good for yeah. us? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not eating no more Tams and chili cheese fries. I'm eating organic strawberries now. Me and the homies was like, man, fuck her. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you think you better than us, nigga? So I was like, fuck Berkeley. So I, I had no intentions in going there. I just wanted to apply to see if I can get in. Uh... Berkeley, I got in all all the all the state schools. Yeah, you got the UCLA too, right? Nah, I got uh-huh. denied from UCLA. Um, yeah, I got denied from UCLA, so I got accepted to UC San Diego, um, UC Merced, Irvine, uh, Riverside, and Berkeley. Those okay. schools I applied to, and the state schools: San Diego State, Long Beach State, and a whole bunch of other state schools like Dominguez and shit. Okay, okay. So yeah, the, Thomas was the reason why I went to Riverside because okay. he was like, "You come here, like you have somebody here." So I was like, "Fuck it," like you know. I didn't want to go to San Diego State, which I'm comfortable to say now. Like, my ex-girlfriend was up there. Yeah. And, like, I didn't want it. Like, she was pretty popular on campus. I didn't want to be the nigga that followed his ex-girlfriend yeah. to a school. Facts. Right? Facts. So I wanted to, like, okay, like, the homie already going to Riverside, so I might as well go. So that's pretty much what it was. Okay. Well, what what are the compare and contrast? Well, yeah, compare and contrast community college to university. And you can compare, like, you know, the area – yeah, you know, all that too, because you were at Riverside, Compton. What, what was the difference? Yeah, I was just telling this somebody the other day. Like the re- another reason I went to Riverside was because it had a very hood feel to it, like a really hood feel, and it reminded me a lot of like kind of like the areas we grew up in. So I was like, okay, so Compton and Riverside, although Riverside it was as hotter and is in the desert, it gave me a feel of like okay, like it feels familiar, you know. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like academics, 
Riverside was easier. It's just I partied too much at Riverside to focus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like me and Malik was getting drunk a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like almost every day. <laughs> so like it was harder to focus at Riverside versus it was at Compton. Yeah. I passed. I At Compton, I had got like a 3.9 GPA. Yeah. At Riverside, I had got a 3.5. And I easily could have got like a 4.0. But I just, I couldn't focus. Yeah. No, no, it was no. too many like factors that wouldn't make you focus. Yeah. And like, okay, you from Long Beach. Mm-hmm. You went to Compton. Mm-hmm. Riverside. L.A. Now, now you live in L.A. What, Inglewood, yeah, yeah, Inglewood, LA, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's something you took from each of those places in your journey? Long Beach just gave me my roots, the authenticity. It gave me the ability to navigate um, through the different neighborhoods. Like, if I didn't grow up on the east side part of Long Beach, I wouldn't survive that Compton. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I just wouldn't have. Um, I wouldn't be able to politic with certain people. I wouldn't be able to walk through same neighborhoods and know like how to operate. Um, so now Long Beach is my basis. Compton gave me the understanding that there's smaller cities than Long Beach. There's a lot more pockets of black people throughout the city of LA or county of LA. And then there's bloods. Yeah. I never knew a blood my whole life. And wow. so I went to Compton college. Okay. Cause Long Beach obviously is, is a crip city. city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the difference. Right. So I took, I took, Compton in the sense of like, okay, I know how to politic with not just Crips. I know how to politic with other people too, you know. Yeah. Riverside gave me the opportunity to politic with white people. Wow, all right. Yeah, it gave me the opportunity and priv- not even privilege, I wouldn't say privilege, but it, I mean, I guess it is a privilege in the way that I, I'm exposed to white people and like a lot of my homies wasn't, but it gave me the opportunity to politic with white people. Um on a level of like, okay, this is this is a means for me to survive. I have to I have to be able to talk to these folks. Yeah, you talk about white people in the area of Riverside or like at the school. The, okay, at the school. Yeah, school, the, I, mean, I didn't learn nothing <clears throat> from the city. Like the city of Riverside didn't teach me shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! And then uh, what what'd you get from Inglewood? Oh, Inglewood. Nothing. I haven't learned shit in Inglewood. <laughs> Man, last time we talked, you was talking about how um, what's it called? How how you love how black LA uh, how black Inglewood is? I mean, I like how black LA is. Inglewood, I haven't really seen too many communities of black people. Mm. Um, I mean, our, our neighborhood is like quote unquote diverse. It's not yeah. too many black people who live on the on the street. Yeah. It's more so like non blacks. But um, nah, like the city of LA taught me how to cherish black community and not and to build and not destroy. That's what the city of LA taught me. Okay. Yeah. School, Inglewood school. didn't really teach me shit. And that's no distant Inglewood. I just haven't been around enough to yeah, really experience I mean, it. You you like a really traveling type person. Like you not always in Inglewood. Every time I nah. call you, you here or you in LA. Yeah. And at your job. So yeah. I understand that. Uh so what made you want to get your masters? Uh to be honest, like I felt the pressure of I needed to, like, elevate my mind in a way. Like, I was like, okay, I'm seeing a lot of my friends. You got your master's degree. Like, I saw a lot of my friends and people I was around was like, okay, they're getting their master's degrees. Okay. Like, what was the basis? A lot of people get their master's degree because of the bag. I'm not getting a master's degree because of the bag. I'm more so getting a master's degree because I have a plan of becoming a college professor. Like, that's the plan. So... That was my reasoning upon why, on top of me trying to elevate my mind and learn from other people. That was it. Oh, man. Yeah. This man trying to be the smartest nigga in the hood. Nah. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. So, you want to be a history professor? Nah, I want to be an African-American studies professor. History was weak. I, I regret majoring in history. Okay. Yeah. So, they didn't have African-American history at Riverside? No, they had... Uh, and it was, it's fucked up how they did it. So they had Africa, Middle East, and Asia. That yeah. was like your emphasis. Oh, shit. So there wasn't a that lot That was of, like the whole thing was an emphasis? Not that just, was a whole emphasis. Was, oh, Yeah, wow. so one emphasis was African, Middle East, and Asia. Shit. So that was one emphasis. Okay. And then, and I, I get it because the history between the trading and whatnot, whatever. But mm-hmm. still, I thought it was fucked up. Yeah. But then like, you had American history, 
Then you had early European history and then modern Euro- European history. Yeah, you wasn't. I yeah. wasn't fucking with none of that. So I just did American. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Smooth, smooth, smooth. Do you regret like not doing that, like the emphasis on African Middle East uh, history? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's no diss, but it's just like. The professors at Riverside who taught African history were weak as fuck. Yeah. Like, and that's a diss to them because they were, like, bougie as fuck. They didn't... It was a type of shit, like, when you were at Riverside and you were black and you raised your hand, the black professor wasn't calling on you. Wow. Or they would, like, be more critical on you and be like, oh, why did you use this word? You could have used this word. Like, nitpicking at everything that you you did and said and your thought process and things like that. And these are people who went to Harvard, you know, Princeton, and they they got serious degrees. So they their like view upon black people is classes. So like I'm better than this nigga because I got a PhD from Harvard. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like that was my reasoning why I was like I, I I didn't fuck with the the faculty that taught African history. So I don't regret not doing that shit. Oh, okay, smooth, smooth, smooth. Uh, a question I wanted to ask you, you know. I, I see you as like a bridge builder, you know. Yeah. You you kind of like the first person in really our neighborhood, if you really think about it, that really went to university and got their degree. Mm-hmm. But we knew you was gonna get your degree even mm-hmm. when we was even before I was going to college. Yeah. You know, you would come back and give us game. Yeah. And you would help us with uh with college and all that. Like mm-hmm. how how do you feel like about that? You know, what what was your purpose? I know you wanted to help us, but also at the same time like, was is it something that you never had, so you wanted to put bring it back, or is it just what do you think? I just wanted us to get out of the situation, like you know what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I was tired of us not having money. I was tired of us not having the means to do things. I was tired of us not having food to eat, utilities off, pop struggling for rent. I was just tired of it, like honestly. Mm-hmm. So my reasoning wasn't necessarily like it was backwards because if I had the game I had now. I would have probably I would have helped y'all with college apps, but I also probably would have presented y'all with other opportunities too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because like, look at Bear. Like I put, I'm gonna say I put it like like I'm responsible for Bear's success, but like I put Bear in this position that didn't require college. It just required him to go to a a boot camp for two weeks and get yeah. his shit. You know what I'm saying? And now he's making more money than me. You know, so like if I would have had the game I had now, I probably would have presented other opportunities. But at that time, when I was 21. I thought college was the way to get out. It was like, yeah. okay, let's let's send y'all niggas off to college, and you know, get this experience, and and, and get and hopefully y'all can get a bag. So that was my. I was like, okay, if I do this, these niggas can get out the fucking hood and fucking get some money in your pocket. Now y'all niggas, like you're in, you're in your master's program. You know what I'm saying? Like JT, like the niggas about to do whatever he about to do. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, but like you know, JT about to go do what he's about to do, you know, yeah. like, and he's about to, he's looking to get his teacher credentials. So you know, like, it's just being able to not be confined to it, like a box, and you know that type of shit. Nah, nah, nah. I really appreciate that. You know, appreciate you for that. You, you a real one. And then we gonna switch it up. We are gonna go, you know, to what you work with. You know, what motivated, what motivated you to fight for black rights or black worker rights or just you know, yeah. I, I say black rights in general, but yeah. Um, I mean, Nana obviously was a Black Panther, so like we had a privilege that most niggas didn't have was having a grandma and and ancestors who fought for Black liberation. So like that was one thing. So like we were we were pre exposed to it, not without even knowing. You know what I'm saying? Like Facts. Nana taking us to Lamert Park, going to like worker strikes and stuff like that. Like I didn't realize what I didn't I didn't even want to go. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? At like a young ass age, like <laughs> Hell yeah. eight, nine, ten years old, eleven, nine or ten years, I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? I don't want to be here. You know what I'm saying? But like yeah. that that exposes you, and then like Nana always talking about it, always, always talking about it, like makes you like. And Nana Nana's so um, charismatic, where it's just like whatever she says, like you're believing it, and that trickles down to mom, and then mom brings it upon us. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, that's one reason. And then, like, you know, nigga, like, shit, bro, really, like, experiencing the police. Like, the first time we got pulled over, I was 13 years old, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but I just knew that I was scared. Yeah. Like, I knew that was the first time in my life where I felt like my life was out of my hands. Mm-hmm. Like, it was in the hands of something a lot bigger than, like, it's bigger than putting in, like, you know, you can politic with somebody and possibly talk your way out of getting shot from a nigga on the street. Yeah. If you know how to talk to somebody, 
but like a cop, you don't even you can't you can't say nothing to them because they don't want to even hear your mouth. So like a cop gonna tell you shut the fuck up. You can't politic with them. You can't tell them because the more you talk to them, the more they're gonna get irritated and think you're being quote unquote defiant. Yeah, that was the first time where I was like, okay, like I'm actually scared because I can't do nothing about this. Yeah. So like I was 13 then, and then like other encounters I had with the police, like. I'm surprised that we're even here because one time we were driving, me, Glenn Thomas, and Mario uh, Bear were all driving. I remember that. We were all driving on 7th Street. Cop pulls us over, and we're all wearing baseball attire because we, we play baseball. But Bear at the time is wearing a Pittsburgh, uh, a Pittsburgh Pirates hat. And anybody from Long Beach knows yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's 20 Crip. And we're like obviously like not from 20 Crip, but like you know. That's a hat that shows affiliation, right? Yeah. So we go ahead and get pulled over. The cop comes out and sees us in hats. The music was blasting. And fuck if we got baseball pants on, like, you you got the hat on. Like, that's all that really matters to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're hostile as fuck, like, trying to take us out the car, trying to put us in, on the curb or whatever. Thomas is like, you know, what the fuck is going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, Bear is like, Bear is actually talking to these niggas, and they're telling Bear to shut the fuck up. But Bear was like, yo, we're just kids. We play baseball. What the fuck? And um, by the grace of God, the, like, the, the one of the cops just said, let him go. Like, they're just kids. Yeah. But, like, one of the other cops was being, like, hostile to the point where it was like, okay, this can turn into something ugly. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah. So all these experiences, like, led me to be, like, okay, like, I was a team captain of the baseball team, so obviously I had some, some type of leadership. Niggas somehow, I don't know why, I always said they follow me. The homie T-Nice just told me today, like, you're a powerful nigga, man. Niggas always followed you. It's like, I don't really know about that. But I do have the ability to talk to people. So I was like, fuck it. Like, if nobody else going to do it, then I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, no, nah, that's real. Man, I went through a uh, – nah, I'm not going to say similar situation – Nigga, I was tired as fuck. You know about the situation. Yeah. But, man, uh, 2019, it was right before I left to Amsterdam. Uh, we had, like, a little friends miss for, you know, Christmas with friends. And uh, we were just coming back home. None of us, the homie Brandon don't drink. You know, oh, Brandon. Yeah, 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 B-King yeah. don't drink, yeah, bro. King. So, B-King had his car. He was like, I'll drive all y'all home. You good. So, you driving me, Aaron, and the homegirl home, Kiara. So, mm-hmm. homie Aaron, Kiara, me, and B King are in the car. If you know me, I'm asleep. Man, I fell oh, asleep yeah. in the car. I fell asleep in the back seat. And I wake up like I, like Kiara tapping my 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 knee. She's like, "Hey, I wake up like what the fuck?" And I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like we parked and shit. I, I'm not even know what's happening. I'm seeing flashing lights. I'm like, "What the fuck?" And like I just turn around and I see like. Four cop cars Not even four I'm exaggerating But it was like two Two to three yeah, too and I'm, much. I'm like bro What the fuck is going on here Like what the hell I turn around And I'm tripping now Cause I I'm not finna lie I, I woke up Seatbelt is off <laughs> I, I, I just woke up Seeing that the police Is behind us I'm like Bro what the fuck Is going on here So I'm like tripping In the backseat Like what the fuck And B King was like Hey bro Hey we good We good We good mm-hmm. I'm like This nigga too calm Right <laughs> But I'm like In my head I'm like he gotta be calm, you know. If you nigga tripping out, like mm-hmm. I'm, like okay, good thing B King's up there. They come up to B King, they ask him a couple questions, and they take us all out the car. Damn, we're like, what the fuck is going on? So they like pat us down, they pat us down, pat us down hard as shit. They throw us in the curb, and we sitting there for like five, ten minutes. They interrogating us now. I'm like, bro, what's going on? I kind of forgot that, like you know, a month ago, someone stole B King's car. So B King, you know, the cops call him, say, "Hey, we found your car." He he picked it back up and took it home, as like a normal person should do. The police, when they were mad at B King because his car got stolen, and they reported it, right? The police reported it, but the police didn't take the report off. Oh wow! And they blamed it on B King. Oh, you had to take it off yourself. You had to come here, and da, da, da. it was like. Nah, you probably saw it back in the old records. Right, exactly. And pulled us over because that's just stupid. Like, why does B. King have to do that himself? Mm-hmm. So that was just like a whole situation. We, I was scared for my life, and for sure Aaron was. We still talk about it to this day. Mm-hmm. And B. King, man, 
If he wasn't like a calm nigga like he is, bro, I don't know what would have happened because he was super calm about the situation. No, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what's crazy is like my first time getting put in a squad car. Uh, I never got put into the. This time I didn't get put in the holding cell, but or taken quote unquote downtown. But um, I was on the uh, I was on the metro, and this was the time I was just telling JT the story. This is the time where niggas. The, the county just shifted the tap cards. Yeah. So I had no idea how to get a tap card. No idea. I didn't know how to get one. It, like, it was never explained to me. So I was like, fuck it, nigga. I'm just going to hop on the train. Fuck yeah. it. You know? And I always knew the cops would always go on, harass niggas, where your ticket at, where your ticket at. So my whole logic was, if I just have, like, something on me that resembles a ticket, fuck it. Like, I, I'll have it, right? So I had bought, like, a transfer ticket to show, like, oh, this is my shit. So I hop on the I hop on the blue line, and I was good. Then I get on the Pico to transfer over to the exposition. Yeah. So it's me and three niggas who are from sixties, uh, right, and fucking S hat and all that, right. So they're you know wiling on the fucking train. So one of them was talking to me and was like, "Hey, yo, girl, like you got your you got your tap card." Like nah, I was like I don't know how to get one. Like you know what I'm saying? I'm like I just said fuck it. He was like yeah for sure me too. He was like but just be careful because these niggas are always on the expo. And I was like fuck it. I was like there's no way they're gonna get me by Librea. I'm like yeah. fuck that. So then I'm literally it's like it's what's it? it's not Farmville or Farmdale, the Farmdale station. That's two stations away from Librea station. Literally, niggas hop on the train. Boom! Immediately, I'm like, "Oh shit!" So I try to jet out the back, nigga. They had cops coming on every single cart from each door, so you couldn't exit out. Yeah, these niggas like they were two apiece. So I'm like, "Fuck!" Who are the only four niggas who got put in handcuffs tonight? That night was me and the three niggas from Sixties. Damn. Right, and they all thought we rolled together because we were only three black niggas on the expo line. So, like, we're in handcuffs, and it's crazy. That was the night Obama got elected. Like, think about that, like, dichotomy, right? Yeah. Like, nigga, Obama's getting arrested while niggas are getting harassed. You know, yeah. like, so I'm in handcuffs. The three of the niggas are in handcuffs. One of them was under 17 or 18. He was 14, so he got let go. Oh, damn. So he's waiting down at the bottom of the station, waiting for the homies to get, you know, released. These niggas pick us all up and put us in the back of these fucking nice-ass new Dodge Chargers. So I'm sitting there going, fuck, I can't call nobody. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, how the fuck? I don't know nobody's number by heart other than Nana's. So I'm like, fuck. And these niggas finally, like, go, oh, we we ran your background. Like, you don't got nothing. You can go. We're just going to give you a ticket. I'm like, you did all that for a ticket? But these other niggas, like affiliated hats, you know what I'm saying, tattoos and all that, them niggas got, they got, they probably got a long time for that shit. You know what I'm saying? Just for the train. Yeah. So that's when, like, that was another eye-opening moment. Like, man, like, fuck the police. Like, that was my initial reason going into college to get involved in, like, Black shit was like, I hated the police. That was 2012, right? That was 2012. I I hated the police. Yeah, damn, damn, damn. Well, you know, everything, a lot, a lot of shit happened last year, you know, you know, 2020 was a really big eye opener, especially when everyone's home and everyone's Mm -hmm. dealing with a pandemic. So anything can happen. Anything can happen. Shit's sparking off. You know what I mean? So Maude Aubrey, you know, Breonna Taylor and, you know, George Floyd was the, you know, the eye openers. You feel me? You know, not, not, there wasn't one specific one that was just like, man, you know, they, they, their names are, are, are forgotten, you know, they, you know, they, 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 they live on to this day. So it was like a really crazy summer, a lot of protesting. Honestly, that was like the first protest I've been to, the one in LA, that it was like a real life, you know, it felt like a revolution or something, you know, yeah. cars driving around, people just taking over the streets. I've never seen nothing like that in my right. life. I've been to a lot of protests, but I've never seen a protest like that. So with all that being said, like, what do you think should be the next move for black people to further advance? I mean, I think what black people need to start looking at um, in a very, like, critical way is, like, look what happened last summer 
and look what how nothing came out of it other than like some uh, symbolism that came out of it. Yeah, you get you get what I'm saying. Like NBA has some symbolism behind it. Like we had probably like a statue or two taken down, but Malcolm even told us like don't take symbolic victories as a victory because that's not. So like we did all that work just to get like symbols or symbolism. Mm-hmm. Like we got to take it to a whole new level and. I'm not I'm not gonna sit up here and say we need to incite violence, but there needs to be something that needs to happen that pressure. We already put the pressure on them. Like th- okay, think about it like this, right? Joe Biden, um, who niggas vote I didn't vote for him, but niggas voted for him. Um, but I didn't vote for Trump either. Um think about how he wasn't really addressing the issue. Mm-hmm. He just was addressing the Trump issue. Like, we got to get him out of here. Yeah. But when the topic of race came about, and specifically black people, he said, I don't believe in defunding the police. I believe that there's me, there needs to be other thing, other ways to de-escalate the situation, right? Like, he was talking about mental health services or whatever. Yeah. But nothing came out of it, though. Not, not even that. Like, he didn't even do that. But then as we see, like, the Stop Asian, the Stop Asian Hate movement, which I'm not against... But we see how like short lived that was, and how much that really didn't get the traction of what George Floyd got and Breonna Taylor got. Yeah, nigga signed an executive deal. Yeah, like he signed an executive deal. Yeah, easy too. And like with, no with like with like people are part of the Asian community behind him, and I don't hate nobody from the Asian community. Like that's that's y'all's victory, and I support y'all. But like at the same time, like let's take a deep delve, like dive into like how black people didn't get shit out of last year out of some symbolism. Yeah. That was it. So there needs to be a stronger approach to what needs to happen. And I don't want to sit up here and tell niggas like you need to go out and get violent. But there needs to be a lot of like abolishing of a lot of different systems. Yeah, definitely. Or not if if not all systems. That's what I would say. Man, that's real. Yeah, that's real. What do you think about uh? I don't know if this is real or not. I really saw it on the Shade Room, you know. I, I don't really believe the Shade Room as much. I wanted to look into it, but I kind of just saw it this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do some research on it tomorrow. I saw that Gavin Newsom is having some talks about giving black people reparations in California. That's not it. So what what, what is it? So I had the uh, the opportunity and privilege to work with some people who are working on that. On like, uh, I had won a reparations debate uh, in 2019. Mm-hmm. So I know people who were like around that bill. It's not giving black people reparations. It's the study of slavery to advocate for reparations. So it's just a study. It's oh, just, it's so just he's getting, funding a research program. It's just a, the, yeah, the state of California okay. is pretty much saying like, oh, okay, uh, we're going we're gonna to research reparations. Wow. Which is another symbolic win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not just, reparations. It's just, okay, that's not tangible. Like, you don't have a check in your pocket. I don't have a check in my pocket. But you hire a whole bunch of bougie intellectuals to do research. When we all know, why do we have to have a research about slavery? Yeah. Like, just give niggas money. For real. And give niggas opportunity. Like, like, reparations shouldn't just be money, but it needs to be more than that. But, nigga, like, cut the check and shut the fuck up. Facts. Now, you you being real. You being real. Man, that that was a really good talk. We we, going to probably... Dive on that a lot later, you know, or a further episode. Oh yeah, but you know, we, we got le- we got to learn more about you, man. So we're gonna switch a little bit into music. Oh man, so you know, who, who's the best rapper of this generation? Who's yeah. the best rapper of all time? Kendrick. No, no, no debate. No, Kendrick. No, Kendrick. No, it's, it's, just, just Kendrick. it's just Kendrick. It's just Kendrick. Yeah, that's it. Past everybody. So who's number two? Kendrick. <laughs> Nah, I would say number two would probably be like Jay Z or Nas. Jay Z or Nas. Where, yeah. where would you throw Drake on that list? Is Drake a, a, a rapper to you? Oh man, I was just talking about this shit not too long ago. I, it was with Bear. So Drake is tricky because Drake is the most successful artist probably of all time, yeah, and especially sure. of this generation. Most successful. Yeah. And with that being said, I don't want to just discredit the fact that Drake has bars, mm-hmm. but. The fact that he had that ghostwriter shit on his yeah. name, like I really can't, I can't say, like if he's in my top ten, mm-hmm. like that's tough for me to say that, but I will acknowledge that he's the most successful artist ever, and yeah. that, you know, in the, to the work I know, like I 
to the work that I don't know if he had a ghostwriter or not, like it sounded like he had bars. Yeah. So I don't want to sit up here and be like every like a whole bunch of niggas wrote every verse for him, but just the fact that he had niggas allegedly writing verses for him and we heard the the back cuts to those records. Yeah. And the OVO sweatshop. Yeah. <laughs> no so, disrespect you know, to that, sweatshops, but that's what they called it. That that just goes to show that like, damn, like I don't know. But I, I, I wouldn't get mad if somebody said Drake was in the top ten. I wouldn't even get mad if somebody said J. Cole's in the top ten. Now if you said J. Cole or Drake is in the top five, then we would have to have a di- like a, a debate. But yeah, like yeah. top ten, I wouldn't like if J. Cole, if somebody said that J. Cole's like there nine or ten and like Drake was out like there eight or nine, like I wouldn't get mad. Okay, what well, what's what's the problem with J. Cole? Because, you know, I hear a lot of people like, oh, uh J. Cole is this, J. Cole's that, J. Cole People don't even have like real valid. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, evidence to say that J Cole's the best. They say, "Do you not hear what he's saying?" Right. And I'm like, "Nigga, yes, I hear what he's saying, right. bro." Like, you hear what Kendrick's saying, nigga? Yeah. Like, come on. No, I, it's crazy that you say that. Uh, I, 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 we're gonna get back to J Cole thing, but today we talk about cultural competence. In our uh, in our training today for my job, uh-huh. we talk about cultural competence. Uh, a very educated black woman comes up and talks talk to us about you know cultural competence, and she's saying like it, it's a cycle. You know, cultural competence is a cycle. You know, you have cultural blindness, you have cultural awareness, and then cultural competence, mm. and then something's gonna hit you, then you restart. Cultural blindness, cultural awareness, cultural competence. So you're just—it's basically saying you're learning every day, right? Exactly. Cultural, cultural is something that's going to change every day. So it's something that you're just—it's always a, a cycle, right? And I was like, damn! I even told her, I was like, have you listened to Mama by Kendrick? And she was like, yeah, like I have, but like you have to really fill me in on the song because I can only think of the beat right now. I'm like, this nigga talked about the whole song about how he knows so much until he came back home to Compton. And they had to hit him again, and he had to go through that cycle of cultural competence. That's just... Going back to Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially going back to Africa, yeah. But it was just like, what the fuck has J. Cole said about like shit like that? You know what I mean? I mean... Like, no disrespect to J. Cole, but, you know, when you talk to me about that, does he really have a double entendre like that to really, like, relate back to some shit that you just learned in your training? I mean, here's my thing with J. Cole. J. Cole is just inconsistent to me. He's just an he's an inconsistent rapper, mm-hmm. in the sense of like Drake and Kendrick took the short route to get, to to get to a top five, top ten debate. Mm-hmm. They came out the gate winning, and I mean winning like nigga first album, second album, third album, fourth album, like classics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. J Cole took the long route of like good album, eh, eh, good album. Good album. Ooh, that could be a classic. Like, he took kind of like, in a way, he kind of took like a, I wouldn't even say a Nas route because Nas came out the gate hard too, but like, he kind of took like a, a longer route. But to your original point, J. Cole has said some stuff that has been deep, but I can't sit up here and say that his lyrics and his, and the depth of his lyrics are deeper than like Kendrick's or even like a Lupe fiasco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, what I was saying. I, I, I didn't want to say that J. Cole is this. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, J. Cole gets deep. But I'm saying in terms of, like, if we're comparing to rappers who really talk deep, you know, like Lupe Fiasco, like Kendrick Lamar, I'm trying to think of someone else, you know, like a Mos Def. Right. You know, like, are we going to say he's that deep? Because a lot of people say, "Have you? are you hearing his lyrics? That, that, and that's what I'm saying, too. Like, I listen to him, but it's it's not like... I'm getting something out of it. You know no. what niggas mean by that though is it's it's the fact that he's relatable. That's just it. And I, I wish that can be the, the 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 talking points versus like how good of a lyricist he is. Because not it's not to say he's not a good lyricist because he is a good lyricist. Let's just say that J Cole is very relatable. He's mixed. He grew up in the hood. He was smart. He had, he had, he played basketball. He went to college. Like according to him, he messed with a whole bunch of uh, women. You know what I'm saying? He's somewhat of conscious. He had some good talking points a few years ago about capitalism. He's a very diverse nigga, and a lot of people can relate to him. Like, very diverse. Grew up in the hood. Oh, wait, we have a little come up in the suburbs. Oh, my mom's working class, but I still had a little bit of money. 
like he's very relatable to a lot of niggas. That's why you see a lot of people gravitate towards him. But like, I think that people's talking points are more so like he did the platinum with no features, which I was like, I was just saying this to JT. If he would have came out with this album with no features again, I, I would have like I'm, I would have been done because I'm yeah. like that's just getting tired. Like Forest Hills Drive, KOD, For Your Eyes Only, yeah, like three consecutive albums with no features. Like I get like why can't you just do it one album and do something different every time? Yeah, and that's what I mean by inconsistency. It's like you can almost predict what the fuck he's about to do. Mm. Mm. Yeah, 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 not. I I I I definitely agree with you with the inconsistency, but there, I think about J Cole. He do got a lot of good though, and a thing that I I don't live up to is you know he didn't live up to his expectations of what he was supposed to be too. All right, you know that the inconsistency plays a part, you know. But I appreciated his last album. I even said that on my last podcast. No, that album was hard. Yeah, his last album was hard, especially the features too. When you got you know Black on there, Boz, yeah. Twenty One Savage. Yeah. Uh, Little baby, like I, I appreciate that album a lot. You the know, random black nigga singing. I don't know who that was, but he was tight. Yeah, I think that's that what was made a... me say I don't. I wouldn't get mad if people put J Cole in the top ten. Yeah, that, I think that guy's name was Murray. Yeah, that that album was like okay. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna get mad. Like I'm not because that was like to me. That was like to me. That's probably like this is his probably best body of work. And it's cool because he's like he's 36 years old. Yeah, now. he's old and he can still put up bars like that. So I'm like okay. I'm not gonna get mad about it if you put him in the top ten. But to me, he's not even better than Freddie Gibbs, in my opinion. Understandable. He's not Understandable. better than Freddie Gibbs. Or people like that. He's just not. Yeah. As a lyricist, he's not. And and album-wise, like, if you have never listened to Freddie Gibbs, like, go back and listen. Like, even JT was like, oh, no, this nigga's hard as fuck. Yeah. So. No, nah, I, I was tripping when JT was like, oh, you know, Freddie Gibbs, Alchemist. I was like, well, you listen to Freddie? Freddie's hard. Yeah, no, nah, Freddie, Freddie go crazy. And... uh we gonna talk about that later. Yeah, I already got. A, I got another question. You oh, know. Yeah. yeah, I already know he's in it, but oh, I just want to ask. You know, it's part of my hot questions. Uh, so we're in the hot hot question part now. No. Oh, okay. The hot questions coming soon. Oh, you know. I, I, I will. Let me let me already get this ready for the hot question. You know. Oh what I mean? man. Yeah, you know, we just get a little. We just get a little taste of it, man. We, oh, yeah. we we don't got that much time. You feel me? So. Oh man. I'm gonna get into the next topic that we're gonna talk about is uh black businesses. Oh okay. And would you consider yourself, uh, you know, an owner of a black business? Yeah. Well, yeah. what is that business, nigga? It's called Really Good People's. It's a, it's a clothing brand. Okay, for sure, for sure. So what was shout the, out to Tyler? Shout out! Oh yeah, no, for sure. Shout out to T Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what 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 came about? What was the, what blossomed it? Man, you know, and me and Tyler would kind of touched upon this today. Um, I would never take full credit, and I, I would actually give him all the credit. Um, I was in his garage one night. And the nigga was doodling, bro. And if you know Tyler, Tyler really to himself. Even when you're around the nigga, he'd be quiet, you know, because he'd be thinking. Yeah. Uh, he like a mastermind. Uh, I'm sitting there, and he's doodling. And I'm like, I just asked him, like, bro, what are you doodling? And he showed me, like, what is known to be the classic GP logo. And I'm like, yo, bro, like, I, I immediately saw the vision. I'm like, bro, that's hard. Like, you know, I, I, just, I, I didn't put it out there like, yo, I want to be a business partner. But I just put him. I just told him like, nigga, because he was telling me like, nigga, I want some of my business. So I'm like, bro, if you need help, let me know. You know, I'll, I'll put some money behind it. I'll help you out, get it out there. Because um, Tyler's always been a solid, good, a solid guy. And then probably like, shit, bro. Probably like two, two, three weeks after that, he called me up and was like, you want to go into business? And at first, I was like, nah, like I don't want to take your part. Like, nah, like what the fuck? And then like he asked me again, and I was like. You know what? Fuck it, let's do it. You know, because I always wanted to own my own business at one point. Um, so that's how that's how good people's got started. And then we went through our trials and tribulations a little bit at first. And this last release, um, the Malcolm X release, um, it, it got a good, it got some good buzz. Um, and the GP sweater obviously kind of put us a little bit on the map because the GP sweater is hard. Yeah, had to give me that. that oh, shit yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it's just a process. We're only six months in, officially, since our first drop. And for me, like, Tyler be like, nigga, we got to crack off. I'm like, nigga, we going to crack off. We're only six months in, and we only have we have 200 followers on Instagram, and we already cracking over 100 likes on every picture, damn near. Mm-hmm. 
So it's it's going good happen. ratio. It's a it's an amazing ratio. You know what I'm saying? No promotion, no nothing. Just being solid as business niggas, solid individuals as just people, and then having a good product to go behind it. Niggas is going they they gonna naturally gonna fuck with it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, as a black business owner, what is the most important thing about starting a business and black entrepreneurship? Um, I'm actually not a proponent of black entrepreneurship or like black businesses. Um, not to say they're not important. That's just not my. That's not my level of expertise. And nor do I believe that's the answer for the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say it, uh, independency is big. Being your own boss is big. And being to have um, control of your over your own narrative is big. And I think that if you um, align with those three um, three topics or three statements, like you should go into your – you should start your own business. But um, the money, you're going to be putting a lot of money up. And I think that for one, as a black entrepreneur or black business, don't do clothing, do tech. Like get into the tech world. Yeah. Like immediately. Like find, like be creative and think about that because that's where the money's gonna come. Because mm-hmm. if you're thinking from a money standpoint, go do something innovative. If you're trying to be urban and keep it authentic, do do clothing. You know. But uh, yeah, I will say if you're in it for the money, do some tech shit. Okay. Okay. Look at you. So. What would you give to advice to someone who's starting something like really good people's, like a clothing brand just like yours? What, what type of advice? Or what would you give advice to someone that's just like you right now in the hood of the east side? Like what would you, what type of advice would you give and them? they want to start a business? Huh? And they want to start a business just a regular nigga? Just a regular nigga, man. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I don't like to be too preachy. Like in terms of like what I would give advice, I would more so have a conversation with a person than have a, give advice because advice can go over somebody's head. But if I can get somebody to think, then I think that's better than advice. Get somebody thinking and do that. Have conversations. That's real. That's real. All right. I t- I told it to you, man. We we gonna get it started. Oh man. This is the point of the podcast oh. where, where you know you're reaching the end. Yeah. However, you're not done. These are the hot questions. I come at you with some questions, and you just got to answer them, man. You, you know, this is any type of question you got. So uh, my first question is, who are your five favorite artists in your rotation right now? Five favorite artists? Yeah. Current, like, currently? currently? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking Hot like, questions. Come on. Contemporary artists. Okay, so Kendra Lamar, Larry June, uh, Nipsey Hussle, Freddie Gibbs, Schoolboy Q. That's your five? Okay, cool. If you had the opportunity to sit down and talk with five people dead or alive, who would it be? Go. Uh, Malcolm X, uh, Nat Turner, Ida B. Wells, uh, Harriet Tubman, and Nipsey Hussle. Love it. Favorite activist and why? Uh, favorite activist. Um, I don't have a favorite activist. I have a favorite organizer, and that's uh Fred Hampton. Love it. Why? Fred Hampton was the coldest nigga to ever organize. And if, if you saw the if you saw the movie Black, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, you would you would realize of how cold of a nigga he was. He was out there doing all the things that I try to do on a daily basis, and that's trying to build and not destroy. That motherfucker was cold. Yeah. Nah, for real. And he was young as shit, too. Mm-hmm. If you had one superpower, what would it be and why? One superpower, what would it be and why? The ability to... Can I just take Superman's powers? Nigga has multiple superpowers, bro. But, like, it's one nigga, though. You get what I'm saying? No. I can't do it? It's one superpower. If I could do one superpower, it would probably be... Um, I'll, I'll do flight. Because I can... At the speed of light, though, like how fast Superman goes, I would go that fast. Okay, because not like Flash in the air. I would because in the air, Superman actually goes faster than, than Flash on the ground. Okay, people don't know that, but yeah, I would go as fast as Superman. Okay, yeah. Favorite superhero and why? Oh man, um, right now it's Superman. 
And why? Yeah. The I, I didn't at first it was Batman, but Superman is just way harder because, bro. If you read about the nigga, bro, he he lifted up planets and and bench pressed planets like and without breaking a sweat. He's just the hardest nigga. Like you can't beat him, and he's just hard. Like he just be whipping niggas ass, bro, and not being able to like feel anything. You know? Yeah. He's tight. Nah, he, <laughs> I feel like that nigga's a cheat code in, in comic book history. No, he is. Like, there's no nigga that could beat him. Like, you literally have to be a god, and like Dark Side's a god. I mean. Fucking um, Doomsday is pretty much a god. Like you have to be like a god to like beat him. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's crazy. Not for real. I, I, I thought you would say Batman. That's crazy. That's crazy. He's second. Okay, for He's sure. Second. What is one thing you have uh, that you want to pass down to your children? Um. Damn. Um. I'm not gonna say money. I'm gonna say authenticity. Okay, that's real. That's real. Because I think that's what Dad did for us. Okay, yeah, no, he for sure did, he for sure did. So we at the end of this podcast, man, and, you know, I just want you to rate this podcast from 1 to 10. Oh, man, the bread? the bread. Yeah. Oh, man, it's a 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to sit up here and say it's anything yeah. less than a 10. Yeah, good looking, man, good yeah. looking. Uh, now it's your floor. You got anything to say? You got any time? Say whatever you got to say, man. Oh, man, uh, just shouts out to everybody, you know, um... There's just too many people to shout out, but shout out to everybody uh, that I love and it's in my fucking circle. Um, I would say go Lakers. AD, AD got confirmed to play, so he's starting. Let's get it. Um, and just continue to build and and build relationships with folks and be positive and, and you know, elevate and don't uh, de-escalate. That's what I would say. Love it. Love it. Good looking, Jay. Oh, man. Bread is so nine. It's going to be out. Ah, dang. Water, I need the water for sure. Uh, Bredis 09 coming out this Saturday at 9 p.m. Tap in or tap out. But be sure to show me some love. Show Jay some love. Oh, yeah. Good looking for coming on the podcast, my oh, brother. Man. You know. And peace.